0: Welcome to The Near Memo, a weekly conversation about search, social, and commerce. What happened, why it matters, and the implications for local. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 30 of The Near Memo with Mike, David, and me, Greg. And um, we're excited to now be in the top 1% of all podcasts in terms of longevity, (laughs) I think. Um.
1: If not listener and, base, if not
0: listener base, and listener base too. That's why we're yeah. taking million-dollar sponsorship opportunities. Just to <laughs> contact us at this email address. Anyway, um, no, we're it's 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 been fun, and and we're we're as they say in all the tech press releases, we're just getting started. One of my favorite tech cliches. So, on that note, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about uh, this week as we take a look at the world of local search, social and commerce or search social and local commerce as the case may be. And so, um, that's, uh, that's the topic for David's item, uh, with the Walmart. So why don't you dive in
1: for sure? So Greg highlighted in, I think it was Wednesday's newsletter, uh, this past week, a program that I had not been aware of, uh, called go local from Walmart, which essentially is a, um, Sort of a, a gig-style local delivery service where they uh, they sort of handle the logistics of of recruiting drivers and delivering uh, physical goods in a, a certain a certain area, um, sort of like uh, Amazon Prime same-day delivery, but for uh, for Walmart goods. And the interesting thing that Greg highlighted this uh, this week is that that's now expanding. Uh, to small businesses or, or presumably anybody who's in the Walmart marketplace as a seller can now leverage this um, this on-demand kind of local delivery service and it struck me that I, I also remembered a press release from last year that Walmart and Shopify have already partnered um, where Shopify sellers now have a, a fairly easy, Integration into the Walmart marketplace, and it just—it strikes me this opens up a lot of really interesting opportunities for small businesses uh, to combine potentially the not just the 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 built-in audience that Walmart.com is already potentially bringing to a small business, uh, an e-commerce small business, um, but also the you know, potentially the SEO leverage that you can get from walmart.com's product inventory pages as opposed to your own, which are probably not going to rank, you know, on a very small site. And then also Walmart handling this sort of local uh, fulfillment, um, potentially, it really gives a a way for local businesses to to scale into another channel very, very easily. Um, And I think that that's it's just a really like walmart as an innovator you know not necessarily two words you'd, you'd put together very often but it seems like they're making a real go at uh at at, at least chipping away at, at sort of amazon's uh e-commerce dominance um and partnering you know partnering with small businesses as opposed to, to putting them under um which has been their historical mo in the, the brick and mortar space so uh, very interesting story and and kudos to greg for for highlighting it because uh, despite the fact that we all follow similar sources, I think, uh, I had not, uh, that one had not come across my inbox. So.
0: Well, I mean, what's, what's interesting to me is I think, as you point out is that Walmart and or, or Walmart plus Shopify represents this alternative universe now for small business merchants. You know, you can, you can exist entirely outside of the Amazon ecosystem and potentially, you know, be successful. The one, the one thing that, um, might be an issue for some very small businesses is the api integration you know so that so you don't have to be a walmart seller market part of the marketplace to use the go local uh delivery infrastructure obviously if you do both it's potentially beneficial as you point out but it, it, do you what, what about that issue of? But ge- so the, given the, they for for already have a
1: given that they already have this partnership with shopify theoretically that that API well, that's integration for the, is so already that's for ready the, to go
0: for the marketplace. That's for the marketplace, but but apparently you have to do an API integration for the for the delivery side of it. So that's which I would the only suspect issue. is
1: coming very soon, given that the VPs of business development at both companies are already connected. So that's, what well, that's I, I sort so of that's, see. This that's
0: an obstacle, obviously. It's
1: an obstacle, but I see this as a pretty natural, relatively short term follow on that is is kind of exciting from a, a you know potential standpoint so
0: so so just a quick quick question so we so i talked some time ago uh with april underwood who's got a um, who's got a new startup that just raised uh re- relatively Near, nearby recently. right nearby re- yeah yeah relatively recently raised i think a 21 million dollar series a something like that uh in the last couple of months and what she's trying to do is i mean they're still trying to figure out all the Dimensions of this, but the, but it's a kind of end-to-end e-commerce enablement, enablement service for small businesses. They 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 help them market online. They pick up the goods. You know they they handle the logistics of delivery. So this is this is a sort of a, a you know another effort to do something like this. You know, um, and as we all know, the small business market is so heterogeneous and diverse and fractured that there's going to be no single winner or multiple winners even. But, um, on the, on the B2B side, at least, what do you, what do you think about the outlook for, for somebody like her in this kind of environment now with, 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 the you know, these big players trying to handle, you know, kind of consolidate distribution. I mean,
1: I, I think that there's a place for her for sure, regardless of how yeah. successful this Walmart rollout is. I think, um, you know, clearly, Shopify at least thus far has sort of begun and ended with the online purchase and that this that there is a place for multiple sort of last mile players um and I think that she has a she has every chance of succeeding I mean yes Walmart's a big company with a lot of resources but this isn't clearly is not the only thing that Walmart does uh, and so yeah. the, her, her sort of laser focus on this problem I think you know she could still very very well succeed so and we certainly at least I certainly wish her luck.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: And it's not clear that Walmart can support many businesses developing into this API. It's not clear that they could support businesses that have problems. We don't. There's a lot of distance from here to there. But as far as Walmart not being, you don't think of them being innovative. I mean, obviously, I grew up in a period where they innovated massively around supply chain and have pushed that lead to really be the biggest retailer in the world. So, you know, and then we also see Amazon... Proposing opening thirty thousand square foot stores in Ohio and California.
1: Sure. I should it's- say I should qualify that as being a technology innovator.
2: Right. No, that's true. They have had As their- opposed
0: as opposed to an employ an employee employment <laughs> innovator. Although I think I mean I think the I think the culture of Walmart has changed somewhat over time yes. for the better.
2: I do see the likelihood that these marketplaces become hegemonic, one or two of them it's likely that that's going to happen right i mean it lends itself to that whether it's amazon and walmart we don't know but that's a very likely outcome given how the network effects and all the other things work online
0: well i mean that's that's the sort of strange paradox or disconnect between the consumer side and the and the, the sort of b2b world right the the scott brinker 85,000 logos now on the b2b side and you've got like three, you know, on the <laughs> three or four on the consumer side. And and it's just it's kind of crazy, I guess. I guess part of the reason for that is because there's so so much consolidated power on the consumer side that everybody's all the uh, the effort is going into sort of the right, the, the, the back end. Um, so um, so I guess I'm I'm up next uh, with a um, kind of tied into the small business theme uh, There was a call rail report last week that we wrote about that was kind of interesting about uh, small businesses and what they want and what they're doing with digital marketing. We talked about their need for strategic advice as opposed to just sort of delivering leads. And as a kind of follow on to that, there was a constant contact piece that came out that was pretty interesting because it talked about what, I mean, it talked about a number of things. It's in the, um, I think it's in the Monday newsletter, but it, but it, it kind of conveys a disconnect between um small business marketers and their audience and you know it it it, consistent with the with the call rail findings social media is the top channel that is used so typically what you get is you get social media email and websites as being one two and three depending on the survey with social media invariably at the top Um, and so that this is this is consistent with that 63 percent of small businesses using social media to promote themselves Fifty-five percent have a website, which was slightly higher than the call rail number, but it's still, still not very high. Shockingly low, and then and then fifty-two percent, fifty-two percent doing doing email marketing. But what's interesting is that on the consumer side, they also ask consumers, "Well, what do you? When do you typically tend to buy? What prompts you to make purchases? Emails, number one. Text messages, number two. Um, call out to lead, Ferno." And uh, social media number three, so you've got a forty three percent gap between social media the number one promotional tool and social media the 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 you know the consumer buying channel and that was just an interesting point that goes to the larger um, question of whether or not these small business uh, owners Uh, Really know their customers and really know their customers' behavior, and they were. The survey also showed that they were pretty confident that they did they understood. But the the consumer data suggests that they don't. They're not really in sync now. So when social commerce really kicks in, Facebook and Instagram are doing it, TikTok's doing it, Pinterest is doing it. You know, all the platforms are doing it to varying degrees. When that really kicks in, then you may then you may see a change. Um, But right now, there seems to be a pretty big gap between what small businesses think their customers are doing. And what the customers say they're actually doing
2: and this is a gap that david and i saw at local u for the last 10 years literally it's been very consistent this sort of misalignment of resources with reality so so interestingly you and, and goal you know oh, go goals
1: ahead. goals with channels right? right i mean social media is an incredibly useful channel just not a particularly transactional one um and so if businesses, you know, are consistently saying, you know, I want, you know, what do you want to do with your digital marketing? I want to get more customers. Social media is not the place you should look for that. If you want to say, I want to grow my brand and build awareness and all, and build loyalty with my great, social media works really well for that. But uh, it's definitely email and search when it comes to, you know, where, where you're actually going to get dollars in the door.
0: Well, interestingly, search isn't even on here, strangely. Maybe it's further down the list. But, and, and then in the CallRail se- uh, survey, uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned that it was only 15 percent, one five percent of these businesses doing SEO or local SEO, which was kind of another shocking, shocking number. But the, the point you bring up in a way is about multi-channel coordination of your marketing. Right. People sort of thinking of one channel for awareness and another channel for transactions. I think historically that's been very, very difficult for small businesses who really want to focus on fewer channels or concentrate their efforts on one area.
2: It's been hard for big business, too. Turn.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a mess. I mean, tracking your, tracking your, your leads across, you know, sort of multi-touch attribution and what really is working is, is as much a nightmare for many enterprises as, as it is for small businesses. But, but, you know, Mike, you were talking before we started this call about your, um, your haircutter. My chest? Your barbaress? What do you call it? Your stylist. My,
2: uh, I wouldn't call it stylist given the consistent cut I've had yes. the last 40 years. Okay. But, You're st- but she's a stylist. I am not a style All receiver. Right. So,
0: she, so, so your stylist who, who who may not intellectually understand – I mean you were talking about it in a slightly different context – and understand some of the, the principles of marketing but is a very savvy, intuitively savvy business person and has done um, – pretty well for herself during this COVID period, um, you know, I, I wonder why more small businesses you know, they, they don't sort of extrapolate from their own behavior right. into, into marketing. You know, like everybody uses Google. Why don't they just make that leap? I'm using Google, so must my customers also
2: be. For her, her primary communication with clients who she now deals with directly is SMS. You reach out right, to her, which she is, reaches is- back.
0: Right. Which Talk. is sort of the, which is sort of ironically the cutting edge now in a certain it, weird, true. weird way.
2: And she's, I mean, the reason is that she's intuitively in touch with people's needs. She listens when they say, I need X. She does X. Right. And that's really, she's empathetic and smart in that sense, in that sort of type of intelligence. And as a result, has been able to survive, even though there's a shit storm going on around.
0: I was just curious why more small business owners don't take their own experience or their anecdotal experience of their friends and family and customers, and then use that as a guide.
2: Although interestingly, I did offer to do a sort of Google my business pro bono for her. And she said, let me think about it right now. You know, I'm not looking to grow my business. I'm very happy with the one-on-one relationships I have, but I'll, I'll get back to you. So, you know, and, and it's understandable given that she is basically creating a, Boutique experience for everybody. Her shop is only open to you when you're getting your hair done. Even though it's got four seats, it's only you right now, which is an, an incredible experience for me. It's like, whoa, this is nice. It's
0: so. And, and Mike, how did you find your stylist? What, she what methodology stylist. did
2: you use? She was the one my Just, wife was using. And then my son, no, started no, you're using. missing
0: the, you're missing the cue. I know <laughs> I'm, no, I'm you missing the cue, but it
2: didn't happen that way.
0: You know? All right. Well, you could, it was word like of mouth referral. All right. So that, but that's, and yeah, she was willing so, to
2: come to my house, hit, cut my hair on the porch during the depth of the pandemic. If, if you needed to
0: get to her <laughs> shop and you didn't know how to get to her shop, how might you go about doing that? <laughs> might you have taken, used Apple Maps? And speaking of Apple
2: Maps, I, I don't, I haven't checked whether she's on Apple Maps. She is on Google, but we'll see. All right. Enough with this. Enough with this hairstylist. Speaking of Apple Maps, right. I, I wrote an Apple uh, introduced reviews. Apple Maps introduced reviews that states this. Week, I wrote a detailed guide to Apple reviews, Apple Maps reviews, and Near Media, and it's interesting uh, both as a indicator of long-term direction of Apple. Um, it's interesting because what does it say about what will happen to their relationship with Yelp, um, for example? And it's interesting because it seems to imply that Apple is moving towards a discovery environment as part of part and parcel of a bigger plan. We I know from people talking to people in the industry that Apple's been going around asking for the big listing services to provide original photos. I know that we know that iOS 15 is going to have a more visual uh, Siri search function where they show pictures more predominantly. Uh, Apple has clearly been developing Spotlight and Siri as a search function within the phone. And and I so I Somebody asked me, you know, what should a business do? And I went to look at a couple of clients, 30 to 50% of their web traffic was coming from iPhones, obviously. A lot of that was coming through Google, but 11 to 22% of their new clients were coming directly from Apple in one form or another. Now, as David pointed out in the pre-talk, that's probably navigational or recovery searches, but it does indicate that there's a fair bit of action there going on. Obviously, Apple perceives it as a long-term opportunity. And so I think small businesses and businesses in general should minimally monitor their listing at Apple, perhaps even get a few reviews there so that they sort of are covering their reputation bases. And they need to keep an eye on it as a potential replacement for reviews at yelp reviews at facebook reviews at everybody else because google apple plays the long game and the, the fact that they've started this now means that three or four years from now they're going to be serious about it like that you know they're serious now about maps it took them a long time to get there but i think it's true with this as well
0: before before we jump into um more discussion about this just real quickly because i know your your piece is great and it gives people a very detailed overview of the some of the differences with Google. Could you just quickly summarize? Because I don't think sure. you mentioned that. How, how, is, how is the new Apple Maps native review tools? How are they different? Right. So
2: it is it doesn't allow for any text input, which is unusual, but it does have a number depending on the industry you're in. It's a thumbs up or thumbs down top level evaluation and then two or three additional attributes about that business that you can thumb up or thumb down which they then present only in summary. You can't go in and see who left a review. So you can only see that 92% are happy, 95% found the customer service good. And that is displayed very prominently on a local business listing in Apple Maps, Uh, but no text. So it's kind of, it's halfway between a rating and a review. It sort of has more information than a rating by virtue of having attributes. But doesn't have the nuance of written text, which makes Apple's job of moderation a whole lot easier. All they have to worry about is whether the pictures are obscene or not, or violate some of one of their codes. So it makes moderation easier. And because these are known identities, everybody has to have an Apple ID. It's much easier for, for managing and kicking people out of the review program. If it's abused, Apple knows where you've been. In fact, in one place I reviewed, they said I'd been there the day before on the, on the panel and uh, they knew I'd been very, actually I actually just rode my bike in front of it, but they thought I'd been there. So there's, I think in terms of spam abatement, I think it's it's a, it's a breath of fresh air to have a general review site that's going to have this tight of control. Uh, and, and it may save the review industry from the likes of Google and Amazon.
1: I, I'm struck by the, uh, how opposite Yelp the whole experience is. Uh, it is the, it, to your point there's not even a place to leave any text it is the anti long form right. review to it's re- reduced to its purest form uh, essentially with the thumbs up thumbs down so um i think that that's interesting given how focused on user experience apple is as a company that uh they've clearly they've clearly done the research that i think all three of us have suggested Yelp think about uh in terms of what consumers actually want uh, when they're uh, researching where to go, what, uh, who to who to buy from. So, an,
2: an interesting sidelight on the Yelp story: when their breakup with Google in two thousand eight two thousand nine was largely due to the fact that Google wanted an international review resource worldwide, and Yelp just wasn't able or willing to deliver that. And one guesses that Apple has a similar worldwide need. They released this in sixty eight countries and twenty eight different languages. And, you know, in one country, they're using Foursquare and another country, they're using Yelp, in another country they're using TripAdvisor. So it, one assumes they have a similar need for worldwide consistency of presentation and quality. And uh, and again, it's likely to grow very slowly, but three or four years from now, I think it'll be significant.
0: A couple of David, do you have a follow up that you wanted to say? Uh, so a couple of couple of points that I would make. Um. You know, Yelp had its elite squad, which was sort of the, the, the core group that was that was trusted and doing a lot of the reviews, at least early on. Google sort of took that concept and then blew it up and now, you know, has 150 million or whatever the latest number is, local guides around the world. And they're the primary sources of, of most of these reviews. Apple doesn't have anything comparable to that that I'm aware of. So that it will be interesting to see that as a kind of expert variable. They, in terms they of
1: do data. have fanboys like Mike, though. So... <laughs> I wouldn't, yes. under, I wouldn't I wouldn't. I mean, it's but, sort of a joke, but I wouldn't underestimate the power of the sort of Apple brand for certain people and wanting to help Apple build out its review corpus purely because of the affinity they have for the company.
2: And if you search for an Apple store in London or China, you will find Apple reviews on those stores in quite a large. Well, a un, un,
0: unlike on Google, though, unlike on Google, if they really do this sort of proximity as a spam control, you won't be able to then. Write reviews all over the world as you're, cust- uh, 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 you know, accustomed to doing, Mike, for all these businesses <laughs> all over the place. Uh, uh, the, the second point I wanted to make was, um, uh, uh, you know, what we see. What we see, Yelp, Yelp originated on the desktop and then had to adapt to a mobile environment, and, and Google to to a degree too, although the reviews came later for them this is a purely this is a native mobile experience and I wonder if that is the driver behind the the text it, it does mobile. also
1: exist on the Apple Maps desktop app I, I tested it this morning
0: oh really um, I was not mm-hmm. able to find it but despite. I mean mobile is the driver of this right yes, that's it's, right. it's a, it's a yes. mobile first experience and yes. and and the desktop is a nice to have for them, but it's, but this is what a mobile device It's not a design, very
2: nice app. It's, it's the lamest well, app on, I've ever seen on the desktop on mobile. Well, devices. I right, mean,
0: it's, 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 it's ancillary. It's not primary here, Right. that, but, but I mean, this is, this is, you know, writing a lot of text, even if you can dictate it on a mobile device is problematic, you know, sort of dictating and then cleaning up the text with, a, with your finger after the fact, this is a much cleaner mobile experience, I think.
2: Yes. And, and one presumes that they will moderate the images, with machine learning and some human moderation with their
0: also, with their whatever it is right. whatever the acronym is, I can never I, I sort of dis- dyslexically s- swap the letters so the final point on this item, I think is the is the thing that you raised earlier Mike, which is the the discovery search piece of it. I mean one of the reasons you know Google has its massive search experience and then and then reviews are a piece of that you're and a massive for
2: relationship with apple around that search experience
0: right and so you you rely on google to discover businesses that you don't already know about best you know indian food uh cheapest whatever whatever and and that and then you look at the reviews as a secondary matter right now notwithstanding what you were talking about with your cu- customers with their traffic you the google are. Apple doesn't really, I mean, they have Siri search, spotlight search, but they don't really have a, any kind of comparable discovery experience. I mean, does this sort of portend more aggressive moves in that direction around local information?
2: I think it absolutely does. There are, I mean, we, you know, we've seen them. Like I said before, we know that they're going out looking for original photos. We know in iOS 15, they're looking to upgrade the search experience with Spotlight, more visuals. So I think that, you know, and Apple works very slowly in these six-month development cycles. And so I, I think what we're seeing in Spotlight and Siri is a nascent search engine that is a feature of the phone rather than a standalone application. And I think it's going to take time for people to understand that. I use it all the time. But I, as, as David pointed out, I'm an Apple fanboy, you know, and I'm sitting in a conversation with people and there's a point of fact. I just do a voice search and up comes whatever the answer. And so I think it'll take people time to learn those behaviors, but I think ultimately they will. And I think Apple's betting on it. And I, I think it'll be ahead. for the better of the environment all the way around businesses, reviews, the whole thing. Well, I mean, what's, what's
0: also interesting. I mean, we're, we're sort of at time here, but what's also interesting is this. That's why I ended up uh, with a positive note there. Oh, all right. Well is is I my personal theory is that people are not as wedded to Google on the phone as they are on the desktop. And that it's easier to displace Google on the phone, on the iPhone in particular. And yeah, so fifteen think,
2: billion dollars says you're right.
0: Yeah. Google's so payment we'll to
2: Apple for last year's delivery up the iPhone users. It's a pretty astounding a lot of number. Many. A lot of money.
0: A lot of money. Okay. All right. Well, um, there's always as always there's more to talk about. We'll be back next week with more. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. As always, read the newsletter, subscribe, tell your friends, and Do you want to say And anything?
2: we would love for you to join us in our weekly conversation. For me, I think I've said this before. It's one time in a week where I get to think about the big things that are going on and we hope that you can too. Thanks for joining us
0: thanks for joining david mike and greg to stay on top of the latest developments in local subscribe to our newsletter at nearmedia.co we'll see you next week